Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Yes, good morning everybody. Welcome to another big week of Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. And for Amy, the doers of insurance. We're live here on 1629 SEN Tassie, 1611 SEN Northern Track and SEN App. Send us a text, 0437552535. Thanks to Hobart, Kia, moment that inspires. Good morning, David Lithgow with you this morning with my old pal, Alex Johnson. Good morning, AJ. How are you going, mate? Good morning, Flash. I'm very good. I get the, a little tingle of excitement when I get the text message to come off the bench, and I'm raring to go today because I won't spoil anything, but we've got an extraordinary show ahead of us. We do, and we've also got a couple of giveaways. We've got some double passes to the ICC T20 World Cup double header on Monday the 24th. That's coming around quickly, isn't it? We're only mm. a couple of, wake, couple of weeks away from World Cup action here in Hobart. Uh, the giveaway to the best Texas today, Bangladesh will face Group B runner-up, uh, and South Africa will face, will face the Group A winner. Um, so it's a little tournament within the tournament down here, which is terribly exciting. Join the conversation, and those tickets could be yours. The ICC Men's T20 World Cup is coming to Hobart. Get tickets at t20worldcup.com. Now, what you were alluding to, coming up this morning, we've got an all-star cast. Boomers champion, South East Melbourne Magic champion, Chicago Bulls champion. Um, well, he wasn't a champion at the Chicago Bulls, but he, he was an NBA player. Chris Anstey is going to join us this morning. Elise Falani, do you want to talk about a star? Oh, um, we're, we're talking the very top show. fun at the moment. Absolutely. And this is the one that warms the cockles in your and my heart with Craig Froggy Newitt joining us this morning as the getting into full swing. Of course, Corfu Guineas Day tomorrow, Corfu Cup next week. What, we're three weeks away from the Melbourne Cup. It, it all happens, or three and a half weeks away from the Melbourne Cup. Get it happens. sweeps ready. Happens so I have fast. some Northwest Coast tidbits to discuss oh, with yes. Craig. West we'll see Del how Rain. good his memory is. Yeah, pretty good, I reckon. Pretty good. Um, well, today, I don't know where we start, but I, I guess it'd be hard of us a little bit remiss to not discuss Timmy Payne return. Yes, happened yesterday. Now, not a lot of fanfare, uh, AJ. And Do we have of... to declare that we're Tim Payne fans? Yes, we I'm have to. Very happy we? to. Yeah, I think people realise if they've heard yeah. me speak previously that that is the case, and I know absolutely in your case that is very much the case. Um, Tassie all out for 147 yesterday. Tim made six off about 19 or 20 balls, uh, but then he took a catch in the first inning or the Queensland first inning. Renshaw was knocked over early. Queensland are pretty travelling quite well. 
They're one for 70. It's an understatement, I think, Flash. They rock and roll. Tazzy 147 yesterday. All, so. all, always a bit of seam, and, and there was a little bit of that, and there was a little bit of bounce, and the, it was tough conditions uh, for Tasmania, but the Queensland has bowled absolutely beautifully what I saw. Um, going back a couple of days ago on your station on Win News, we had a, we've got a little snip, snippet here of Paney talking with Brent Costello. Paney, how's it feel to be back in the Tassie squad? Yeah, it's good, mate. Looking forward to it. How are you feeling? All right? Yeah, pretty fresh, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it was nice to blow off some cobwebs and be ready. Obviously, been training for five or six weeks, so ready to go. And as I said, excited, a bit nervous, but looking forward to it. Just great to have Tim back. Well, it, it is good. I mean, what, I mean, what did you make of it? We've, we've obviously known the last sort of five, six, seven weeks that this was probably on the cards. I mean, look, take it back even further. I've been... I'm not sure any any of us were convinced whether Tim would play cricket again. Well, I like the fact that the last chapter, whether he, um, you know, uh, sets the world on fire or not, the last chapter is going to be about cricket, yes. and that's what it should be about, um, not about off-field um, scandal or anything like that. The you know the last chapter of Tim Payne's career should be about cricket, and it's going to be. Um, let's hope he captures his best. He's still a terrific gloveman. Whether he, he can. Um, play at the highest level again, well, I think that's um, fairly unlikely, but you never know. If he could um, do something special with the Tigers, I think it would be a beautiful way to uh, end what has been um, an extraordinary career because you would have got a million uh, to one at one stage that he was going to play test Australia. cricket and then he or kept play, in Australia. Play, so play again. Let's not take anything for granted. Absolutely. Um, well, text in. T- tell us what you're thinking about Payne returning. 0437 uh, Yeah, look. It was, I think, once that um, Tim signalled his return, I thought he was always going to play the first game. Because one thing I know about Jordan Silk and, and his leadership and um, that, that current Tassie um, leadership group as a whole, they want, to win a, they want to win a chip. They want to win another title. Um, and if you've got the best club in, in the country still, um, some would say the world wants to return, well, of course he's going to play. Isn't he? Yeah, of course. I mean, and what he does for the other guys around the group. A lot of posturing in between, of course. Um, surely it's, uh, it's win-win to have him on board. But it's going to be a long road to win the Sheffield Shield the way the, uh, the rest of the competition looks. It's pretty uh, pretty hot competition out there. Didn't before. start so well. They've started extremely well on the one-day situation. They've won the first two games, of course, which is, uh, which is good. They On paper, they have a terrific Shield team. I've got a, you know, I, I think... You know, potentially they can be very, very competitive. The first innings of the first uh, game of the season uh, doesn't look so good, but it's going to be interesting. He's got a book coming out. Is that right? Yes, he does. You didn't ghostwrite it, did you, Flash? No, I didn't, actually. It's October 25, and it's called The Price Paid, Story of Life, Cricket, and Lessons Learned. I mean, you touched on it. It is an amazing story when we... When we sort of think back over the last sort of 15 years, I mean, his debut, of course, he debuted with Stephen Smith uh, over in England against Pakistan, wasn't it? Mm. And, um, you know, prodigious talent as young. He was almost earmarked to, for the job, and then we know what happened after that with the, the significant finger issues that really, you know, put pay for those few years. And then by the time he got back... Um, you know, Haddon was obviously pretty well established and he he continued on and then he 
it just happened. It was. It is an amazing story. You could almost write a movie about the fact that when he got back into the team because he was not even potentially in the Tassie team. Um, I find it really feel good, and I think what you just said was really relevant. Is it's good now that whatever happens, we can finish on cricket. You know, we can that, and that's and that's the focus. You as a friend, I mean, how does seeing him back on the field make you feel? Because you would have been devastated in the way that his um, mm, the last chapter shocking. of his career ended so abruptly. Well, absolutely. I mean, you look at it, um, it just didn't feel right, did it, what happened? And it didn't feel um, it didn't feel totally just, and that's certainly far from condoning any of the, the, the issues of, of, that happened and transpired. I just, um, you know, he deserved, I think, to finish out on his own terms. It's interesting... Um, because if he played in that English series instead of Kerry, that nothing would have changed. They still would have whopped them. Um, Kerry didn't have the greatest series with the gloves and the bat, for that matter. But he but, would have got to play a test at home. Yeah, he would have got to play a test at home. And if you add those four wins into his resume as a captaincy, he's in the top two in percentage of winning percentage of all time. Yeah, right. There's a real log jam in the middle there. But, I mean, that's by the way. But, um, no, great to see him back. And I think he's been... I think he's been hitting the ball really well. That's not necessarily Tim to me either. But, well, he uh, had a good shot yesterday before he got out. He drove it down the ground, looked... Uh, yes. But, uh, yeah, no, no one made a run yesterday. So let's hope, let's hope. There's a beautiful little um, postscript to his career because um, he would have, at one stage, well, he, he's admitted it a million times that he had no thoughts that he was going to play at the highest level again. And then no, he's he got done. to add this extraordinary... And people have got to know him too. I mean, yeah, okay, there are a few people who were disappointed when uh, the text message stuff came out. But I tell you what, a lot of people um, uh, went into bat for him, pardon the pun, um, and they still acknowledge what he was able to do uh, for Australian cricket at a really tricky time. Absolutely. You know, um, a bit of confidence, maybe even a tiny bit of arrogance was what you needed in that role, but also... A level head, if that's uh, not a, um, contradicting myself. Yes. He was the right personality for the time. You couldn't have someone come in who was too touchy-feely and too sure. um, reflective. Yes, and you couldn't have someone come in who was who was aloof. Yep, he was the nice. He was the right personality to lead Australia at that really tricky time. And now a I think hard edge. Now I think the public's um, opinion of the Test team is is pretty good again. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Just before we go to our first break, Essen Footy Club, what's happening there? I've given up. I just. Why would you pay attention? Just, <laughs> just turn it off. Just, just an absolute. Just make it go away. Honestly, like, oh god, there are things I could. I've got to bite my tongue a little bit. It's very uh, early in the radio and mm. the morning. Children could be listening, yes. but just one bad mistake after another. Just. I just don't understand. I don't know. I. I. I still think they panicked. I still think we beat your mob. Yep. We beat Sydney, we looked mm-hmm. a million dollars, and then played bad footy for a month and everyone Congrats. panicked. Yep. Anyway, I don't know who the right personality is to go in there. Maybe my old mate Peter Gutwin might. Then people talk about him taking over the um, Tassie, team. Tassie team. I reckon you go straight to, Wind, to Windy, Windy Hill. Hill. Yep. Off the text, 0437 552535. Thanks to Hobart Care. They say the sequels are never as good as the original. Was hoping the Jack Jumpers would be more more Top Gun, Maverick, but it looks like it's going to end up like Grease Two. That's from David. Yes, oh, the Jackies. That's rough. Um, Grease Two was a stinker. Grease Two was a stinker. 
Um, look, they were very disappointed. The other day. I, I think, for me, Cairns were amazing. They keep nine from ten threes at one stage in that third quarter, and it's a tough league. They're going to take a while, but, David, I will say this. I'm very nervous, and I was from day one. I just I needed to keep Adams. Um, I just don't know why it didn't happen. I would have taken Adams over Majed. I'm on record of saying that, and that looks even more likely now with the other ball hander in Milton Doors. So, it's over with going. Alex Johnson bringing you all the sporting conversation this morning here on Jack and Flash. Great to have your company. Just off the text, 0437 552535. Thanks to Hobart Kia. Movement that inspires. Gooch from Sandy Bay. Great to have the best keeper in the country back again. What a thrill to see him back. Yes, I agree, Gooch. Thank you for your text. It just makes sense. The painting is back in Tassie colours. We've always loved him. He's always been true to the Tassie team. Would love to see him back in the Hurricanes side. That's a good conversation to have as well. We, so we can properly celebrate him. That's George in Acton Park. It's not George Bailey. He doesn't live in Acton Park, so I can confirm that. Just glad to hear Paney's in a good place and he's back doing what he loves. This book should be an interesting read from Sammy. Yes, it should, Sammy. It should be very good. Uh, It'll be a great read. Yeah, it will be. Because he is candid, you know, and the, the older he gets, the more honest he gets. And I tell you, you know, he um, you know, he gave Brent Costello a great chat the other day, but um, his as his career's gone on, he's given more time to the local people um, than ever before. And, you know, from our point of view, you know, He's got no reason to give us all the time he does, but he's very good to us. No, so. he's one of the he's one of those fellas that she's always um, he just likes have, hanging out with the average Joe as well a bit, like his mates at the cricket club, you know, at yep. university of course, and going yep. down the footy and just being as trying to be as normal as possible, and that's always been a bit of a mantra uh, for Tim. And he just happened to become the Australian captain, which is um, amazing. Not many people get to no, do that. They don't. The deadline for the club feedback to be given to mm. AFL House by the other 18 presidents, AJs, today. Now, we already know the Adelaide chairman, John Olsen, has already publicly announced that he'll be back in the bid. Gold Coast chairman, Tony Cochran, has done a complete backflip. I don't know what has happened there. He wouldn't even come to Tasmania because he thought he was going to get egged when he came down here. He softened his stance the last week or so. We're willing to welcome him with open arms. Sure. Get him down here for the Taste Festival, maybe. Mm. I'm not sure what that can to get Tony down here for the taste. I'll I'll take him around the taste. There sure, you go. My sure. offer to Tony. Well, I feel boss, Gil McLaughlin, spoke to reporters on Wednesday about Tasmania. We've got a little bit of audio on that. The, the clubs have been asked for feedback on uh, the commercial arrangements and other arrangements for that we you know that we've been worked through the Tasmanian government and how a 19th team have worked. Detailed uh, papers were given to. Um, all clubs. We've been getting that feedback through during the week and we'll have that finalised by Friday. We'll process that and keep going. We're sort of it's not having a, a deadline, Tom. We're working with our 18 clubs. We're working with the Tasmanian government. I think everyone knows what um, the Tasmanian government want and I think the state of Tasmania our clubs are taking their responsibilities seriously and I think it's actually a pretty good process. Well, we know what Gil wants. And look, this process has taken a little longer, but we've, well, you and I talked about this five or six weeks ago. I mean, that's fine. It's taken frigging 30 years. So if it takes an extra few weeks, who gives a continental, as my father would say? Yeah, and I like the fact that um, Gil hasn't moved the goalposts at all in the last few weeks. That, to me, I mean, he didn't say much, but it's encouraging that he's not, he's seemingly not putting any hurdles up. And the opinion of the presidents or the chairmen, uh, um, 
the clubs now doesn't seem do or die, does it? It seems like, okay, we'll get their opinion and obviously it'll help inform ours. But it, it all seems, it sort of has seemed to have calmed down and I think it's going to happen. Um, there's obviously a few big questions closer to home that need to be answered, including at Macquarie Point and that uh, stadium plan. But even that doesn't doesn't seem as intrinsically linked to the bid as it was a few Months ago. Before we get to some audio, Nick Street here, from a news perspective, how have you read the last couple of weeks? I mean, it's obviously from a from a state Liberal and Labor um, perspective, Labor Party are doubling down, tripling down now, aren't they, mm. on the stadium. Uh, now, now, can I put to you, because this is an age-old problem. As you know, all my family's in, involved in the health industry, whether it's my sister who's a doctor, my other sister who works at... At the hospital, she's a social worker, my mum's a nurse. We understand the deficiencies in the health system are not great. In fact, they're bordering terrible at times. How do we, how do we get that balance? How do, we, how do we find the, you know, obviously the Labor state says this, is, this can't happen. We can't have a stadium, which I understand that. But to me, to make this work, we have to have a stadium and everything that goes with it. Am I making sense? How do you yeah, how do you, you put all that, that into the into the into the pot, and how does it come out? Well, I guess a government that had done a better job at handling the health system and that presided over a health system. So the previous that, Liberal governments. Oh well, I mean the all of the them. Liberal governments been in since twenty fourteen, but the problems with Tasmania's health system that's right were around a lot a lot before that. Yes, but just say for example that um, the Liberal government had been able to sort of turn the health system around so there wasn't so much negative press, then obviously you have a lot more political capital yes. to then say, well, now we're going to build a stadium. Um, and Labor, quite smartly, and look, it's not just Labor either. I was on a podcast the other day with Will Hodgman's former Chief of Staff, Brad Stansfield, who said this state pushing for a stadium is terrible idea, oh, terrible politics, you know? Yep. Um, this is a dyed-in-the-wool Liberal. So it's not just Labor no, saying it's that it's a bad idea, and it's a tough sell for the government. Uh, but Jeremy Rockliffe's pushing on with it and has got a, at the same time as pushing for the stadium, he does need to come up with something that addresses the problems in the he health does. system, which is very, very Huge. hard to fix. And slightly easier to fix is the housing situation. He needs to be seen to be acting on housing. So there, that makes the medicine go down a little better and the, the more people get on board the, the stadium idea. But yeah, it's mired in politics at the moment and you can understand where both sides are coming from. You can. No question. Let's have a listen to Tassie sportsman Nick Street, who spoke positively on how things are placed when we spoke yesterday. I expect that the presidents will come back by tomorrow with a very positive view of Tasmania's bid for the 19th licence because, like I keep saying every time I speak to the media about it, we were very clear at the start that we believe it's a very strong proposal that we put to the AFL. The AFL agreed that it was a strong proposal and the feedback that we're getting from, from club presidents now is that they agree with us as well, that it's a very strong proposal. And the other point that I, wanted, I made last week that I want to make again is that this isn't just about the benefits that an AFL team will bring to Tasmania, it's about the benefits that Tasmania will bring to the AFL in turning it into a truly national competition. What do we think about Nick Street's bid? 0437 Send us a text. Coco from Geelong's just sent one in and said, Flash, the Tassie thing is over the line. Take it to the bank. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Well, I think it does feel like it's over the line. All but over the line, doesn't it? Yeah, I think... I mean, Gill's uh, 
wants it to happen and I think uh, wants it to be part of his legacy and that's yes. only good for us. Yeah, there's a lot to work out. Um, and that the stadium stuff is obviously going to be the trickiest piece of the puzzle to pull pull together. But look, if we get the license, then maybe that takes the heat out of the debate for a while and they can find a compromise way forward. Um, and then obviously if the ball gets rolling on a stadium and then say there is a change of government, then you know, Labor's not going to tear it down. They'll say all sovereign risk means that we need to keep building it. So they'll be able to um, have their cake and eat it too then. But um, yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Um, yep. Let's hope that it happens. What so, year would you think is a reasonable one I to start? 20, I think the 2027 year sounds like, you know, that sounds... Sounds about right to me. Sounds you need about a right. big you, runway, you don't do. you? VFL team obviously in least by 2025. You'd almost hope by 2024, but that might be a little bit soon. Scott from Sandy Bay is saying, just announce it already. It's happening. The Tassie Devils are coming. Thank you, Scott, for your uh, text this morning. And our family has voted Labor all of our life. Their small-minded approach now has us sending our vote in a different direction. That's from David. Mm, so. I've seen a lot of uh, comments like that online because Labor's trying to make hay out of it and say, oh, you've got to spend it on the health system. Well, yes. I would make the point, you could spend $750 million on Tasmania's health system and you're not guaranteed of better outcomes because the health budget is enormous. So... I understand it's a more of, more of the principle of the thing, but to say that, oh, if you suddenly spent this money that you've earmarked for a stadium on the health system and it's going to make a big difference, I don't think that's true. Great to have your company as we're rolling through the first hour here on Jack and Flash. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you this morning on a slightly dreary day. Spring's always a bit of a catch here in Tassie. We get a couple of days at 20 degrees and... I actually had a dip the other day in the ocean and then Did <laughs> it's, you back, really? it's back to the snowy temperatures again. But it's a great time of the year. We're just building. The weather's getting nicer and it is the best place in the world to live, as we well know. Well, this is a real treat for mm. a, or a basketball junkie like myself. Online now we've got one of the greats of Australian basketball, former, well, Tiger, Magic, and then Melbourne United, Dallas and Chicago in between. Chris Ancy's been good enough to give us some time this morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning, boys. Yeah, I sound really disloyal when you start listening to my that. I just bounced around a little bit. Well, I think, and I think, um, firstly, great to have you here, mate. I think more so these days, I mean, it's very much the norm. It doesn't matter which superstar you talk about. In the, let's talk about the NBA, whether it's LeBron or Chris Paul. Or, you know, we've seen Donovan Mitchell move, you know, a few weeks ago, etc. It's... I think more than ever, team players don't settle in the one spot, Chris, really, do they? No, you're right. But uh, look, the, I'll, I'll tell you what, the, the time I did play in Australia and in the NBL, it, was, we, it probably wasn't as stable as what it is now, but the sport's in a great spot. And sometimes I only had one choice, and that was to play for the only team in Melbourne. So I, I always wanted to be home when I was in Australia. I always loved playing in front of family and friends after having travelled so much. So... Uh, no, it was, it was a fun career. It was a, you know, I met a lot of great people, and uh, it's a long time ago now. Well, it's interesting because a little, we get, I mean, there's a little bit too of that Melbourne um, sort of MBL late '90s, 2000s. We had so many different teams when we went back, and as a kid, went through the Giants, obviously the Magic and the Tigers, etc. And then we we had the Victoria Titans. I think that was your first mob when you came back home to Australia. That came so there was. There has been a bit of a shift, and obviously in recent times, the Tigers became 
Melbourne United. Um, let's start there with the with the NBL now, and it really fascinates me that even from this year to last year, the strength of the competition now, Chris, is absolutely extraordinary. I watched Cairns live the other day play against the Jack Jumpers, and they've brought in two guys that look fringe NBA quality. Um, it's an amazing the 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 elevation of the quality is is there for us all to see, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it's a depth of quality. And as you described it, the last thing you said, it, it's there for us to see. And it's not just in person. The, the television deal that the NBL's had now for a few years, where every game's been streamed into our living rooms, it's 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 allowed us to be accessible. And in a lot of our kids' minds, develop relationships with players across all teams. So when as you say, can turn up down to Hobart to play the Jack Jumpers. There's a little bit of familiarity about Taj McCall or some of the players who are turning up. So that, that's been incredible. And with the success of the Next Stars program and with the observation of some of the talent in the league from around the world, I mean, the NBA's eyes are on our league. They're, they're making moves to change draft age, you know, draft ages because our league is going so well and yeah, we even see guys like Luke Travers, who was a Perth Wildcat for the, the last couple of years. And while the NBA scouts were over in Australia looking at other players, they came across Luke and he ended up being drafted to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the, the, the quality is fantastic. We, I mean, given you know, we take on board that it was a preseason game and the Phoenix Suns had only been together for a few days, but the Adelaide 36ers became the first NBL team to beat an NBA team in any sort of a in any sort of a contest, so we are breaking records and making history. It seems at every turn at the moment. So, you know, to to go back to your point, Australian basketball, the the quality is fantastic, and it's in a really good space right now. Chris Alex Johnston here. I'm a very late comer to being an NBL fan, but I just fell in love with the competition last year. The intimacy of it when you went went to see a game, I just yeah, I was blown away with how much I enjoyed it. I had no idea that I was going to um, become as fascinated as I as I have been. So thanks for the role you've played in that over the years, and I love following your tweets because you put me in the right um, the right place. Now, you're in Hobart. You're not here to train to be a off-the-bench player for the Jack Jumpers. Tell us why you're here. <laughs> no, look, part of, another big part of the success of basketball, I always just thought there were some incredible... People that have set the foundation for where the league's at today and there are some incredible stories to tell. And one of the guys that I've always been fascinated by and I think a legend of the sport is Luke Longley. And we missed out, or the Australian sporting public missed out on hearing his story through the last dance. Um, we got a little glimpse when they did an Australian story episode, but we're bringing Luke Longley. We're not bringing him. He's in Hobart. He arrived last night. Um, he'll be speaking at the Rest Point Casino tonight. He'll be telling his story, talking about his time with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen and the Bulls and you know, the, the, the perspective and the lens he sees possibly the greatest sporting team of all time through is incredible. It's just a fascinating story that the audience will get their chance to ask questions himself. There's meet and greet opportunities available and look, Luke's just one of the best human beings there is and like I said, when we started doing this and bringing some basketball stories around Australia, Luke was right up the very top of our list so he's in Hobart tonight he's at rest point there are still tickets available and if I can give it a quick plug just uh, jump onto the ticket website and, uh, and have a look and just as a little sneaky one for, for your listeners if you jump in and you're interested 
and you enter a little code Tazzy Hoops, it'll give you a 10% discount on the way out the door. So uh, feel free to jump on and buy some tickets. There are, some, there are still some remaining. Tazzy Hoops, put that in. Yeah, I think that Australian story, I mean, it created more buzz than any episode of Australian Story ever. And I think because, A, we were frustrated that he didn't get the um, front and centre attention in the last dance. Didn't, don't get me wrong, the last dance was some of the best TV you'd ever watch. But... Um, uh, but it just gave us an insight into just how special a human being Luke is. And he was down watching the Jack Jumpers during the season. And I uh, had had a couple of beers and I went over and got a photo with him. And Can't when believe I, that. When I put it up, the response it was extraordinary. Yep. You know, it was like I'd had my photo taken with um, Gandhi or yes. someone like that, you know. He yep. is in a really rare uh, group when it comes to Australian sports people. And I think that's as much to do with who he is as a person as to what he achieved with the Bulls. Would you agree with that? I could not have said it better. And you know what? My experience was exactly the same. During lockdown up in Melbourne, We, you know, I started writing a few little stories on Facebook just to put some positivity out there. It was sort of my little COVID project. And I'd written five or six. And you know how it goes. You, you get a few hundred people, maybe a couple of thousand people read them and you know, make some nice comments, but you know, you're sort of doing it to pass some time. And then I wrote one about Luke, and half a million people passed it around, and you should have seen it blow up. It was absolutely incredible with the, the positive comments we got about people who'd encountered Luke, about how incredible yep. his story was, and as you said, the quality of person he is. So it was just a no-brainer to do this. And yeah, basketball in Tasmania is in a wonderful space at the moment. The Jack Jumpers are flying, and this is uh, Luke's first ever public speaking appearance, um, which is exciting to be able to do it in Hobart. We we travel up to Melbourne and Melbourne's second on the tour on Sunday night. But Tassie gets the first uh, the first listen, the first go to experience Luke Longley for themselves. An amazing career that Luke had, and um, certainly as a as a youthful lad, in my case, um, you know, it was it was a joy to have that Australian guy playing with the Bulls, wasn't it? You know, like it was a, it was almost a dream. He effectively came in for the back end and played those... He missed the first three championships in those early 90s and then he sort of stepped into the Bill Cartwright role, didn't he, and took the and took the centrepiece. And to be able to contribute uh, in the way that he did in that incredible... And it wasn't just Michael. It was an incredible team all, all up, wasn't it? You know, you got the second versions of Ron Harper and the second versions of Dennis Rodman and... Etc. 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 And Kukoc and all those. Well, I mean, what a what a what a team and what a bit of history. And you, we don't. I guess tonight's going to be so exciting for everybody because we don't know much about it from Luke's perspective at all, do we? Like in terms, of, he seems such a humble dude, and we haven't heard much. Well, we haven't heard anything. I know Last Dance is the, is the reference point, but in general, put that to a side, we, we sort of don't know a lot about his role and his time in Chicago. No, we, we don't, and I guess that's the driving force behind wanting to do this, and he's at a stage where he would like to share his story, and you know, you, you're spot on that the view he had of the circus almost oh. that wasn't potentially the greatest sporting team of all time across all sports if in some people's mind clearly that's debatable but there there was a quote he said years and years and years ago to a newspaper where phil jackson brought him into a room and 
he, he likened the Chicago Bulls to a band and he said, your job, you're the drummer. Your, your job's to keep the beat and to keep everyone up on the front. You know, Michael Jordan's the lead singer, Scotty Pippen's back up and they, they're the stars. They're going to get all the attention, but it's your job to keep the beat. Make sure that the stars are okay. Make sure you the right support for them. And that's how he viewed his, his time at the Bulls for the last little bit. And I just thought it was a fascinating insight that on top of all of that, he was just sitting at the back watching it all unfold and living it while he observed and, like I said, his observations. And, you know, there are some of the stories he'll tell tonight. It's no holds barred. You're going to hear a lot about Jordan and Pippen, and it's not all positive. Um, it's, it's a fascinating perspective. We're talking to Chris Anstey. Thanks to Form Plus Pro, Tassie Greyhound Harness and Thoroughbred Racing Form Guides. Just quickly, Chris, before we let you go, I feel like I could talk to you for two hours here, mm, quite frankly. I had lots of other. Um, the Jack Jumpers, none and two. Uh, so Adams departs, McIntosh departs, uh, Kelly comes in, Doyle comes in. Um, it's a different mesh. Still no Will Magnay, so there's the big men department's very much lacking. Backup centre, Jock Perry did his knee, Sam McDonald's injured, etc. What's your early thoughts on their sort of revamped side? Yeah, they're missing them, and Todd Blanchfield's another one. Um, yep. Uh, where, you know, they... What they did last year was, was absolutely incredible, and I, I, I'm almost proud to be one of the ones who, at the start of the year, when I looked at their team on paper and watched them early in the season, thinking, geez, how are they going to score? I just don't think they've got enough tools. And what they were able to do as a group and, and the way that the community banded together to support them was incredible now what that's inadvertently gone and done after making that championship series against the kings is it's actually heaped a lot more pressure to perform on them this season and when if any team misses two star players and and magnes are a really big one um as is mcdaniel but you know the phoenix haven't won a game yet also so they did win their first but they got blown out by by wollongong um last night it's it's hard to win in this league, so I hope that they're competitive tonight and they're able to find a way to win against New Zealand uh, while they are shorthanded. Because I'll tell you what, it, as great as they were coming back from two and six last year, you wouldn't want to make it your uh, your plan coming into the finals again. So they've got the right guy in charge. They they go about things the right way. They they may be a little bit lower or shorthanded on talent as compared to what they were last year. So. It'll be a battle. Um, I, I reckon if they're to make that top six and get into that, that, that uh, the crossover game to play finals, I reckon that'd be a success and see where they end up after that. Yeah, I just hope people stick with them because as long as they're trying their guts out, mm. I think um, someone's got to lose. Uh, it's a pretty incredibly uh, competitive competition. So I just hope that... Um, Fans down here stick with them, even if we do have a, a year that uh, is a little down, because I think they're um, part of the furniture down here for a long, long time. Chris, love your work. Um, I did meet you once out of the deck, well, now My State Bank Arena, and um, you were charming then, and you've been very generous with your time today, so thank you very much. Flash, last word from oh, you. I was just going to say, is that Tassie Hoops one word or two words for all the, the One listeners? word, Tassie Hoops one word. And I'll, you know what, I'll be watching the Jack Jumpers game at the Rest Point Casino at the Green Bar. If anyone wants to get their tickets and get there early, come and watch the Jack Jumpers tomorrow with me before Luke starts. Terrific, mate. Thanks so much, Chris, for joining us this morning. Thanks, boys. 
So you live stream Tassie Race on Form Plus Pro. Sign up with tassieracing.com.au. Welcome to the second hour of Jack and Flash. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you this morning. All thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania real estate experts. And for Amy, the doers of insurance, we're live on 1629 SEN Tassie, 1611 SEN Track Northern Tasmania and the SEN app, Elise Filani, coming up shortly. But, AJ, this time of the year, footy talk. Um, Taran Thomas, there's a little bit of conjecture about where he's at, the former North Launceston young man. I think this boy is going to be an absolute superstar at some stage. And maybe um, mixed reports. I think a few weeks ago he was definitely going to be at North, and then obviously Clarkson got um, appointed, and he was definitely going to be at North, and then... Bit of murmurings, obviously, with the issue at hand with Clarkson and Fogg at the mm. moment. But we've got some audio yesterday that really does suggest that the, for Kangaroo supporters, maybe he'll be around for a little while longer. I've still got another two years, so um, yeah, I'll focus my footy and um, do my two years at North Melbourne. I love the club. Um, the club has done a fair bit for me um, and my family, so yeah, I love North, yeah. And despite the allegations uh, Alistair Clarkson's dealing with about the way he treated other Indigenous players, Taron Thomas very he was. strongly backed him in, said that um, the early interactions he's had with him at the club have been nothing but positive. And um, so that's a rare win for North Melbourne in tough times. Not going quite as poorly yes. as Essendon, mind you, but it's still been a tough uh, few weeks for the Roos. So uh, that's good news. I think um, if he gets in a team that is playing well, he oh. could be explosive because oh. he hasn't really had a good run at it yet. He's only 22, so that yeah, this year was tough. He had some, he had some hamstring injuries. He had some personal issues, and he had a concussion as well. And he really felt like he sort of couldn't get on the park with some assurity and playing a few weeks in a row. So interesting. We know the Tigers got Taranto done. Um, the, look, it does seem like Jacob Hopper is close. Future first round pick, pick 31, and maybe Ivan Soldo. Premiership Ruckman, of course. A um, bit of a loss. I know Jackie Boy likes big soul, don't he? Like he likes that combination. big men in general, doesn't he? Does. he? My word, he does. Because he likes big nank. And... Yeah, well, I think the Tigers, I mean, uh, we're very bullish on them, but um, well, write them off at your peril Two mid-20s gun midfielders back into that scenario. Keep Meatballs me. pressed here on the park for a whole year. He was so good when well, he was he's playing. he's critical, isn't he? Rankin looks like that'll get done, the move to Adelaide. So um, that's been one that we've, well, that's been floating around since probably around 15 or 16 this year. He had a very good year with the Gold Coast. Uh, top three draft pick potentially. Mm. So I think the suggestion is there maybe pick five goes back the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulldogs, they're getting a bit agitated with the Brisbane Lions and they look like they're... They might even walk and let him go for nothing, get Dunkley through to the pre-season draft, which means he probably won't get to Brisbane. So a bit to play out there. Brisbane, of course... What do they want from Brisbane for him? Well, they want two first-round draft picks, but the Lions have given up their first-round draft pick. Um, so the, the Bris- I think the Bulldogs are looking at that now saying, hang on, how, how are we going to get this deal done? You've got nothing to give us properly. So a little bit look. Most times when we when this posturing happens, things get done. But there is very much some some concerns there that they won't done. The, the cats, of course, there's, there's a bit of concerns with them around how they're getting all this stuff so cheaply from Gold Coast and Bose. Obviously, uh, he's going to go there. But look, it's a, a bit of salary cap relief for the Gold Coast. But 
the Premiers, the best team in the competition, um, look like they're going to get two or three highly talented players to add to their list. So out goes the, the legend, Joel Selwood, but in comes, you know, this wealth of early 20s super talent just to keep... What are you, why are you wearing a Geelong thing this morning, actually? Well, I Can thought I... I'd just, you know, after I lost two steak dinners to you during the finals, mm. I just thought I'd remind you that Things didn't go that well on the last day of uh, September no, for you. but no, um, still haven't seen those stuff. Yeah, the uh, newest member of Parliament, Tasmania, gave me this top to wear in grand final day. Yes. Luke Edmonds, who's a mad Geelong man. Yes, he is. And he was very relieved about halfway through the second quarter. So, Morning of stars here this morning on SEN Tasmania. And without further ado, we're going to go to another one. Elise Villani's on-the-line Tasmania cricket star and Hobart Hurricane batter. Good morning, Elise. How are you going? Good morning, going well, thank you. Good on you, great to have you with us. Um, does it feel like cricket season when we're waking up in Hobart and it's pretty bloody cold? <laughs> it's, too, it's, it's a funny time of the year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, um, it, it feels like it has come a, come along really quickly, actually. And uh, Oh yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some, some summer days to really encourage my mind to be thinking that it's cricket season. Firstly, happy birthday for you. 23 yesterday, have I got that right? Yeah, that's exactly right, actually. <laughs> Couldn't have chosen a better age, thank you. Happy birthday to you. Tell us about the pre-season, Elise, and, and things are travelling. Obviously, the, the title defence started last week, and you've been in super hot form, 71 and a 73. Uh, one and one, Tassie, have gone against Victoria. How's, how's things shaping up for the season at hand? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm really pleased with how the girls are going. Um, you know, we had an incredible win the first game against um, Victoria and chased down, you know, 279 with about 13 balls to spare. So, um, you know, some incredible performances by by our girls. But, um, and then obviously fell a little bit short in the second game. But again, really happy with our processes. So, you know, we'll just keep continuing to look to tidy some things up. But all in all, the girls have worked really hard during the preseason um, and it's starting to show with some really good performances. Got uh, Alex Johnston here, Elise. Um, I'll talk to you about your golf a little bit later, but we'll stick with cricket for the moment. Um, got off to a good start in the chase yesterday, but then got brought undone by spin. She's a good young player, Sophie Day. Yeah, she is. She's a, she's a good young player, and she's a, a ripper of a person, actually. So I was, um, you know, on one hand, I was like, oh, I'm really pleased for her on a personal front that she bowled well, but um, disappointed, obviously, being in the opposition um, territory. But... Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, we had two really good partnerships um, over about 50 and then another one at about 40. So we just missed, you know, when you're chasing a total that big, you really need a really big partnership to, to break that chase. So, um, yeah, look, we just fell a little bit short in a couple of areas. But overall, um, as I said, I think our processes are pretty good and our game plan's really solid. But, yeah, just a few things to review and reflect on um, before our next round, which is after the big dash. Signs are pretty good when you're about as deep as you are at the moment. Sasha Maloney made 35 yesterday, better than a runner ball, and she comes in at eight. That's pretty handy. Yeah, she she was great, actually. Um, watching her go out and, and put some of her power hitting um, into the game situations was, yeah, was really good. So that was the, that was the third partnership that I was talking about, the, the two Tassie girls in Sasha Maloney and um, Emma Mannix-Jeeves. So, yeah, really exciting um, you know, to see how well the girls have been developing at... Um, Obviously, you always want to take home the win as well. Elise, the, the WNCL title defence now takes a bit of a pause. The WBBL is getting off next week and 
Hurricanes first game is in Friday uh, on Friday in Sydney. Let's and you're a good person to talk about this and reflect on what are Elise we now? Is the skipper, you're the skipper this season, are you, Elise? <laughs> Yeah, I am. Yep, that's correct. Well, more so, in fact, of what are we now? Season, gosh, I'm guessing here. I reckon we're season seven or eight. I think it's eight. I think you're right. Um, Fortunately for me, I'm very much lucky enough to to commentate from year one. Oh, here we go. No, I'm not talking about (laughs) me here. I'm, I'm more interested in the development in those eight years from your perspective as a top line international cricket that you are. I find it incredible eight years later where we are now. From your perspective, the competition, uh, depth-wise, all the teams, uh, how do you see it? Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Um, look, you know, eight years ago, women's cricket wasn't on television that much, so I just think it goes to show that what a visible pathway can mean. Um, and I think, you know, since having that visible pathway... The depth has absolutely gone through the roof. So, you know, the young talent coming through at the moment um, in the women's space of Australian cricket is, um, you know, pretty scary when you think about it. There's so many, um, you know, talented um, and just match winners across Australia. So the depth of the squads, um, local players, you know, at the start it was all about the internationals. Now I think it's all about who's getting the best um, domestic players because they're what's most important to your squad at the moment. So, yeah, looking forward to what the Hurricanes can, can turn out this season. But, yeah, it's incredibly exciting to, to just see the talent that's around, that's for sure. Has it sunk in you're a Hurricane yet? Because you're a star for so long. Um, have you made the transition to purple smoothly? Oh, it's, it's funny. I actually had um, some content capture up in Sydney maybe a couple of weeks ago and I, I put the purple on and um, I saw the green and I had to put the purple on and I thought, oh, this might feel a little bit strange, but I put it on and then surprisingly it felt quite natural and I thought I looked all right in it actually. So um, no, I've, I've taken to it pretty well and, and really excited. I think it helps that the team's so similar from the, from the WNCL, so it, it already feels really familiar, which I think is a really positive thing. Yeah, I'd look like Grimace if I put the purple on, so you're looking pretty good. Um, can we can we get it done? I mean, it's a fierce, as Flash said, it's a fierce competition, but it'd be nice to um, bring some uh, short-form silverware home. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think, um, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it that we're aiming to get into the finals. That's first and foremost. And then once you get into the finals, you know, you sort of just, Anything can happen, but we've got to get to the finals first to even have an opportunity to, to have a look at the title. So, you know, it's, it's going to be really important. We've got a great list. We've certainly got no excuses in that department. I think we've got a really well-balanced list and something that I'm really excited to work with. Um, so now it's just about going out there and making sure that, you know, we really stick to our game plans and um, really stick to the brand that we want to play. And ultimately, that will give us the best chance of being successful. So I have, I have no doubt that if we do that, that we can find ourselves in, in the finals. You're going to bring up your 100th WBBL match this season, along with Nicola Carey and Molly Strano as well. Um, very much now in the veteran category, aren't you, in terms of your <laughs> your career? That role for you, and I, look, you've had that role, uh, the Stars, etc., for a number of years. But is that something that you really enjoy? And I guess an extension of that, could you see yourself... Um, becoming involved in coaching when your cricket career over the next few, however many years left you've got to go, um, <laughs> expires. Is, is that a pathway that something you'd like to look at? Yeah, look, potentially. I mean, I've, I've got my level three um, coaching accreditation, so it is something that I've done a, a little bit of. Um, 
And, you know, maybe I haven't really got too many cemented plans post-cricket. There's a few things that I'm really interested in and passionate about. So I guess, you know, you just have to wait and see as to what opportunities might be around when you do finish playing. But, yeah, look, I am a a bit of a veteran these days and um, it's something that I really enjoy, actually. I think when you're young, sort of just really um, thinking about yourself in some respect. It's a really individual team game. Um, and you can get, you know, um, you know, really focused on your own performances and um, being a little bit older and taking on some leadership opportunities. I've found that actually I'm really passionate about that space because it takes me out of my own head and I love investing in the success of others and really investing in, um, I guess, the, um, you know, the direction of the team. It's something that really excites me is really driving for team success. So, yeah, it is something that I've really enjoyed over the years. I wish it's something I had to learn when I was a little bit younger. Maybe I wouldn't have been as self-absorbed and maybe had a bit more success. But, yeah, you can't sort of learn these life lessons um, at the very start of the race, I guess. Elise, we had you on the news the other night. You were at uh, school, I think it was Riverside Primary, and the response from the girls was extraordinary. It was like Elvis had, had come to school. That must make you feel so <laughs> proud. That might, like jokes aside, that must make you feel so bloody proud of what you've been able to achieve as a role model. Yeah, I think um, you know I'm just blessed and grateful to be in this position where female cricket is really on the rise. And when I was growing up, that that wasn't the case. And um, you know, I sort of grew up thinking that I was the only female playing cricket. I was always in a boys' team. So to be able to provide, um, I guess, the, the visual pathway that that we can now being on TV and, and having um, more media is something that, you know, I, I, do, I don't take lightly at all. I think it's a, a huge responsibility for us to really make sure um, that, we, you know, we understand that it really is a sport for all and everyone can play it and that's just part of our job these days and something that we need to take seriously and certainly something I enjoy doing. I love it. Very heartwarming. And post-cricket, I'm going to try and get you $20 million on the Live Golf Tour, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I'll need to work on my short game, I think. <laughs> Don't we all? Good on you, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We look forward to checking in with you over the summer and all the very best to your Tassie and your new Hobart Hurricanes. Good luck, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Lisa Villani, she's an absolute star. Great to have her this morning on Jack and Flash. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you this morning. Rolling through the second hour here. Good morning to wherever you're listening across Tasmania. You're around the world on the SEN app. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you this morning. On a coolish morning, but still quite nice here in Hobart. Well, we're in Salamanca and top of the loft here at Harrison Ages now. This is this is when we can get a bit of a serious conversation going here because an absolute favourite of mine and I know a favourite of yours, Craig Froggy Newitt, has been kind enough to join us this morning ahead of Guinea's Day tomorrow. Good morning, Froggy. Morning, boys. Uh, firstly, how's things? Um, I, I think I think it'd be remiss of us not to go back to last Saturday and reflect on what was. Uh, well, it was it was an almost terrific day for you, and um, you, you, you nearly fell off Francesco Gardi, and you you got beaten by a nose by Matty Smith's good one. Um, you're not far away at the minute, are you? Yeah, it was uh, it was an almost day that that last Saturday, but um, both horses ran extremely well, and yeah, we just pushed forward to this Saturday and um, the coming weeks. Just to, can we touch on Francesco Gardi? Of course, you you nearly fell off um, halfway around the race, and Manny, did, what happened there? Did it actually clip off heels, or did it just? Can you can you run us through that? And gosh, you must have been nervous. Mate, your guess would be as good as mine. I reckon. I, I had no idea. I was um, 
Because it didn't look it's like he did. He, he, was in, he was in a good rhythm. He definitely didn't clip heels. He was in a good rhythm. He, he um, started to track up into the race well, and next minute, his head disappeared from in front of me, and I was looking at the ground for a couple of strides, but I don't know. I think he might have just overreached, overreached a little bit, maybe galloped on himself, and, um, yeah, caught himself by surprise, but done a good job to stay on his feet and then done a hell of a job to get as close as he did. Now, now where does that leave Francesco now? Because, I mean, obviously that was an important race to win. It, it looks like it's not going to qualify for a Caulfield Cup, is it? No, he won't qualify for the Caulfield Cup. He wasn't even in the Melbourne Cup. No. No, that was a ballot-free race. But um, I'm not sure. You, you sort of don't know what Chris is going to do with his horses. He's got that many options. But I did read somewhere the other day that I think he's put him in the paddock. So it um, just goes to show if he is in the paddock how much fire um, Chris has got during the spring if he's tipping a horse like him out. Gee, hit the line, Will. Unbelievable run. One to watch when he comes back into work. Uh, Froggy Alex Johnston here. Nice to talk to you again. It was 20 years ago, I reckon, almost on the day that I served you a bit of chicken at Glow Glow's restaurant in La Trobe. So... Um, we're the same age, you and I, and we we go back a fair way. Um, you didn't want yeah, too much good. on your chicken. You wanted to keep it pretty plain. I don't know whether that was um, part of your diet in those days or you're a bit fussy, but anyway. Uh, which trainers at the moment are you enjoying working with? Because you've had some great relationships over the years, both here and uh, obviously in Victoria. Who are you um, getting on well with these days? At the moment, anyone with a fast horse would be nice. But, um... <laughs> Doing a, doing a fair bit of work for, for Gay and Adrian at the moment, and I'm actually heading out to Flemington to jump jump one out this morning. So doing a fair bit of work there, and uh, obviously they they got uh, they got a lot of firepower. So sort of getting around a bit, go to Cranbourne for the jump outs on a Monday, and um, Flemington sort of Tuesdays, Fridays when when uh, when I can. It's a fierce. Um, seen at the moment is it? It must be hugely competitive to get a ride on those those better horses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the quality of jockeys in the jockeys rank at the moment is probably as strong as it's ever been. So we're sort of fighting uh, fighting one another for for every ride that we can, and um, yeah, you just take what you can. September thirty, two thousand sixteen, and the race was the Moyer Stakes. And I actually remember where I was watching that race because I'm pretty sure I've backed every single one of your Group One winners, Craig, over the time. For your information, got a couple uh, paid well too, Flash. You would have eaten well then. Uh, what was it, Roman, Roman Arch. Arch? Yeah. Um, six and a bit years now, mate, since your last Group One, and and, and uh, you really touched on how competitive it is. And Melbourne racing has never been. Well, it's never been more competitive, hasn't it? It's quite incredible when you look across the across the list of the high quality jockeys. Um, is there a little lightweight for a Maddie Smith or a Chris Waller or a Gay or something that maybe over the next month that you could break that drought for for the for the top echelon winning your next you what your thirty fourth Group One? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident I've I've got the right horse to be able to do it on this spring. Um, oh, little horse got beat on the other day. Buenos Noches. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think he's as good a cold as I've sat on. Um, so he's just got to get through the next couple of weeks and turn up to the Coolmore in in the form that he's in. He's going to take a hell of a lot of beating. Does it look like even, I mean, obviously when you've got something rattles home all the time, could you stretch it out to 1,400 even? Is, it, is that it? 
Is that is that the sort of horse, or is it just a almost a sit and sprint and have the last you know last shot at him at the two hundred over the twelve hundred meters is is perfect for it? Yeah, I think I think you'll see the best of him when he gets to fourteen a mile. But um, they they asked me that question after I won on protest on him a couple of weeks ago, and I just knew that there wasn't going to be a hell of a lot around for the Coolmore this year, so. Yes. I sort of convinced them to start the, the sprint trip and just keep him fresh, and it almost worked the other day in the Dane Hill. Uh, I think one more stride, and he, he would have nailed Giga Kick, who I think is going to run... He'll run a cheeky race in the Everest at all. He, he's a high-class horse himself, but um, I think up to 12... And we were probably a little bit stiff because the Dane Hill was brought back to 1,100, when yes. normally it's 1,200. So if it had been 1,200 the other day, he, he would have nailed him and nailed him quite easily, I think, so... I think the 1200 is going to really suit him in the Coolmore, and hopefully we can get a bigger field where we can just smother him up and just keep him for that one late run at him. And I think uh, I think it will take a bloody good horse to beat him. Love it, Craig. Tomorrow you got three, and I see um, let attorney. Well, that'll be doing a good job to win. It's 151 dollars at the moment. It's not we'll... the worst 151 dollars oh, okay. right, that I've seen, by the way. Is it fair to say, over. Craig? Yeah, attorney. Uh, if you haven't, if you're having uh, exotics, first balls, make sure you put. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, he'll, uh, he'll 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 run a lot better, providing the track's not too run affected. We got a we got a fair bit of rain there yesterday, and the tracks come up soft. Um, doesn't look quite raining at the moment, so hopefully it can dry out a little bit. And he's down here looking looking for the dry tracks. And one very much in the market, triple missile. One two before it was spelled. That must uh, you'll be in in that race up to your ears. Yeah, he'll run. He'll run exceptionally well. Uh, the big field drawn wide really suits him. He'll uh, he'll sit out the back and do no work early. And he's only I think he's only got to be four or five lengths off from straightening, and he'll uh, he'll take a pair of beating that horse. Flash has just boosted attorney <laughs> to two hundred and one dollars and had ten on it. So you know. I owe Flash two steak dinners, so maybe he buys one if Attorney gets up. And the third uh, ride uh, with a nice little Tasmanian connection because it's side by Mongolian Khan, which, of course, uh, is a Tasmanian uh, uh, piece of work. Uh, Banker's Choice for Mike Moroni. Uh, hasn't been in great form, but you never know. His run the other day in the Rupert Clark was good, and I was, I was very, very bullish about his chances. Had he had drawn an inside gate, and I could have rode him a bit closer, but... Once again, he's uh, he's through the car park, so he's probably going to end up a fair way back again, and he'll do what he does. He'll run on really strong, but it's just how big a start he's going to have to give him. Frog, I can tell in your voice and talking about riding for Gay and Adrian, you, you still love it. I can tell that you're still uh, pretty passionate about the the sport that's been so good to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you had asked me that sort of middle of winter, I probably would have given you a different answer. We will. We were sort of treading water there for a bit, but now the uh, now the good races are coming along, and we've managed to find ourselves on a couple of good horses. Um, yeah, certainly, certainly put the uh, the spring back in your step. Is there a Melbourne? Just the last one. Is, is there a Melbourne Cup right there for you somewhere, or you, you just 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 waiting to see if a, a lightweight from Chris Waller or something pops up? Yeah, we've got a finger on the pulse on a couple. Um, we're riding Chris's horse that won the Metro. The other day, no compromise in the Caulfield Cup. 
he'll um he's he's coming down. So he he looks a he looks a really good each way chance in the Caulfield Cup. Whether they stretch him out to two mile, I'm not sure. But um yeah, we're sort of float floating around at the moment for the big one, but hopefully something pops up. Froggy, thanks so much for joining us this morning, mate. Great to hear your voice and very much looking forward to catching you over the next month and I'm just seeing things. I think this this drought since the Moyer Stakes is going to end, and it sounds like you're pretty bullish about Matty Smith's thing as well. Good luck to you, mate. Thanks, boys. What a champion. Oh, absolutely. 33 Group 1s. Can we make it 34 this year? I've got a feeling you, you just... He just might. Catch all the guineas action on SEN Tassie and SEN Track Northern Tasmania. And Saturday trackside with Simon O'Donnell, Cam Luke, Josh Jenkins and the funny man David Taggart from midday tomorrow. It's a terrific program. The Maccas on your team basketball camps are back for these school holidays with a series of camps in Devonport, Launceston, Hobart to be held on Tuesday next week, October 11. And to have a little bit of a chat about that, ready now, basketball development officer at Basketball Tasmania, James McKinnon has joined us this morning. Good morning, James. Good morning, gents. How are we? Terrific, thank you. Uh, what Im- what impact are these camps having so far? We're in a feels like a glorious stage of basketball in Tasmania at the moment. Yeah, these these camps are really important for us as a as a state at Basketball Tasmania. Uh, you know, we we have a lot of these kids go through and then end up playing for our state programs uh, throughout their years as they as they get older. So um, for us, these are really really important to get them nice and I'll get them in and. Get them involved in basketball as soon as possible. What sort of age groups are we talking, uh, James? Yeah, so we have we range from uh, nine years old uh, through to fourteen um, for these camps, uh, which is uh, really good. And um, yeah, it's a really exciting time to have these kids involved in our programs. And at the camps, what creates the buzz? Obviously, the kids have come to basketball in huge numbers, both uh, boys and girls. When you listen to their conversations, are they talking about the NBA, the NBL? What's um, what's creating the uh, atmosphere? Yeah, I, I think it's a magnitude of all those things. It's the, it's the NBA, you know, the recent success of obviously what the, the Jack Jumpers have done and, you know, obviously now the Opals in the women's side of things as well. So I think a, a combination of all that and then obviously our state programs have been doing really, really well over the last 12 to 18 months. So I think a lot of a lot of basketball in Tasmania's kind of rocking at the moment and uh we're seeing some great uh great conversations from athletes who are aspiring to get into the same positions uh, that i guess and that that you know that buzz train that is the jack jumpers i mean you you've seen the extra 12 months on the the development with the kids and the excitement it's from your perspective it's i imagine it's really evident oh absolutely uh this year in our in our um state development program we had the most registrations that we've had ever. Um, so that, that, that I think, yeah, it definitely is a, a combination of the Jack Jumpers, but, you know, our, our recent state teams, we just had three boys go to the uh, uh, the Australia, the World Nationals uh, over in Spain. So I think that as well, these, these kids are seeing these older adults or the older kids coming up through the ranks and wanting to be a part of the same process. We need more courts though, don't we, James? Yes, we certainly do. <laughs> that's uh, that's obviously the big challenge because we have so many kids. But, um, yeah, definitely more courts and more facilities would be hugely beneficial for us. I'll just leave this one with you. Have you seen any budding Victor Wemmon Banyamas kind of floating around <laughs> down at Alveston or Penguin by any chance? 
Not at the moment. I did butcher that. Wembenyama. There's definitely some great talent up on the up on the northwest coast and around Isn't Tasmania. There? You know, one of we've just got another young athlete heading to Guam in a, in November for the under fifteen um, Oceania Championships. So uh, we definitely have the talent that are that are pushing for Australian positions um, in in Tassie. To, Love regi- your work, James. to register, head to basketballtasmania.com.au and click the Maccas on your team camps button under the play menu. Tuesday, October 11 in Devonport, Hobart and Launceston. We'll tweet out the link as well from the SEN Tassie Twitter page as well. James, thanks so much for joining us. No worries. Thank you, James. Have a great day. It's hot. Real hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. Hot or not time is upon us, Alex Johnson. Good morning to wherever you're listening this morning, David Lithgow and Alex Johnson. About a quarter of an hour to go this morning, Friday morning here on SEN. Not that hot in Salamanca, has to be said. No. Cool. Not. We're we're a jumper. You know that going not, out every today. time I hear You've that. You've got a beautiful jump on. It is, yeah. Special course. It's about 150 down to 50 bucks if you oh, want to know. Oh, very good. Um, far away, young man. Hot or not, flash. Yes. Steve Smith is in danger of missing out on the T20 World Cup if Aaron Finch continues to bat well in the middle order during these warm-up games. Gee, well, hmm, golly. That's a good conversation. I think, it, I think it's a hot, and I'm not necessarily... Because of Aaron Finch, no. I think we. I think Craig David. I mean Tim David. He's come in and yep. done very well. Well, Green obviously. The question is, and I remember talking to Pony about this. You know, are we absolutely certain that Steve Smith is in our best six T Twenty players? And I don't know that we know the answer. Well, if we're picking a team now, all right, I look at you and say, okay, who are we have Finchy or Smithy? Who do you want? Well, Smithy's defended himself, saying he'll be handy. One's to a captain, by dink, the way. It's dink not dink them round on the bigger grounds and. Mm. You know, he can calm the can. ship very well. Yep. I'd still have Smith, I think. I think I would too. Yep. Yeah, tough decision. Is it, we, I'll come back to this other one. There's another hot or not I'm just going to add on the back of this. Hot or not, South Australia's Premier is right to chase a live golf tournament. This has been fascinating. <laughs> you know, the Shark, obviously, a Queenslander. You think if he was going to bring live golf yep. to Australia, it could be Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria. Well, it looks like it's going to end up in South Australia because of all the premiers, Peter Malinaskis, Labor Premier, is the one saying, well, what's the PGA ever done for us? Yeah. Now, I've been very anti-live golf, yep. but you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. No. And if you're going to get all these extraordinarily yep. entertaining golfers to your doorstep. Yes. No, go for it. I think he might have um, he might have outmaneuvered them here. Yep. Hot or not, Matthew Wade announcing his retirement at the end of the T20 World Cup tournament is a mistake. Hot or not without um, a notice. Uh, that is hot. He's playing great for oh, too Damn good. Hot. Too good. You know, and yep. we love a renaissance yep. and... He's. We looked up before. We had him at thirty-five or six. Well, he's only thirty-four. Spring I mean, chicken. goodness me! You know, Roger Federer went to forty-one. Yes. And, um, you know, he's running around more than Wadey. So, uh, I think Wadey could play an amazing couple of years of cricket. Yes. He's such a competitor. Uh, he won't want. No, he'll change his mind. I, I think he'll change his mind. 
I think he has to change his mind. 35 in December. Flash, hot or not, the football public has been too harsh on Jason Horn. Francis should be more sympathetic. Have they been that harsh? Um, I'm going to say that's a not. Uh, Look, yeah, number one draft pick. um, Really tough first year. Had some injury. And and in and up the worst side in the competition. Um, I just didn't like how they played him at times. The three or four times I saw him live. He's an enormous talent. Um, He wants to get home to South Australia. North Melbourne are a bit of a rabble. Look. I think he. I, I think he's. Uh, I think he's probably entitled to nick off if he wants to. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you want these picks staying at their club of choice for a few years, don't you? Hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of a... <coughs> Sorry, not the club of choice. Of... The club that picks their yeah, team up. Of course, I guess, you yeah. want to have a chance to um, create something special, create yes. that link. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see where his career goes from here. Hot or not, James Hurd would be a suitable candidate for the Essendon CEO position. No, not. <laughs> no, I wanted Hurdy. I wanted Hurdy to coach, but I'm not sure. No, I'm. I'm. I said it before. I'm starting. Peter Gutwin is the man to turn around Essendon. You know, he he approaches it like he did COVID. Clear communication. Admit your mistakes. Be honest. Yes. I reckon he's fit. He's got time on his hands. I'm telling you, Peter Gutwin's the man to turn Essendon around. Hot or not, Flash, equalisation isn't working in the AFL. More players moving to successful clubs, making the gap between the best and the worst teams wider. It's a lukewarm hot, because, but I do think that this has always been the case, isn't it? The, the good clubs... Good organisations. Of course, you want to play there. Yeah, they want, I don't to, mind. You want to go I, there. I don't think no, I don't know. I can cook things in it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people looking at the Geelong scenario now and say, hang on. They're a bit like we mentioned this before. They're the best team in the competition. They're bringing in these, this Henry potentially and Bose is going there and this this elite talent to top up what's obviously already a terrific list. But well done to the Cats. Well done to all these good teams. They just keep reinventing themselves. Swans, I know they got built on Grand Final Day, but they're the same. They're a good club. People want to go there. I think Hawthorne will bounce back because they're a good club. People want to go there. We don't want to get like Mario Kart where you get behind and then you get no. the stars and the rockets and you automatically catch up. The teams yes. in front deserve to be in front for a while. Yes. And it's hard work to get back in the hunt. Mighty hard You've got work. to work hard. Can do it. Look at Collingwood. Yep. Yep. Hot or not. Last one for today. It's optimistic to think the Tasmania licence could be approved today, despite the feedback from the clubs being due today. No, won't be approved today. No. Heard a little whisper the other day that when, if there is good news coming, they might do it in front of the statue of Daryl Baldock up in Latrobe. Fantastic. Has a bit of a nod to the fact it'll be a Tasmanian team. It won't just be a Hobart yeah. team or a Launceston team. Northwest obviously has produced some of the greatest players ever, including Terrific the dog. Footy ground, the Oval. And it's a fantastic statue. Oh, Wouldn't yeah, that be is. nice? That'd be awesome. I don't know who told me that, but it's a really good idea. Time now to check the real estate market. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. We've got a couple of beauties to talk about here. AJ, run us through the first one, mate, at 4 York Street in Bell Reeve. Well, if attorney gets up for Froggy Newark tomorrow, we can probably put an, <laughs> put an offer in on this. Uh, 4 York Street, Bell Reeve, built around the turn of the 20th century, situated in a quiet area. The building's traditional past is evident from the street, 
but hides an elegant modern extension at the rear, creating a stylish four-bedroom, two-bathroom home close to Kangaroo Bay and Bell Reeve Village, where there's some restaurants absolutely going gangbusters. Which is great. Bell York exudes charm. I love the word exudes and sophistication. So check out 4 York Street, Bell Reeve, because the Eastern Shore is... Offers only... Oh, okay, we need to have a few on... um, on uh, attorney, yeah. Offers over 1.7. Okay, might rule me out. Just um, anything for 40 bucks, uh, Flash. Have a chat there to Nick Cowley, of course. And the second property at Orford. This is a beauty at 2 Rudd Avenue. Well, this might be more affordable for me if uh, it's on the coast. What are we talking? Four bedroom, two bathroom, home and a large level block. Potential for further development close to all those terrific Orford shops and cafes up uh, up there. Rodney Dan, of course, has one at Orford, doesn't he? Delicious food. Yes, yes. Um, just a great part of Tasmania. Um, yeah, 2 Rudd Avenue, easy to remember, named after a former Prime Minister. Georgie Rayner and Joe Oliver. Uh, Georgie in the office here in Hobart and Joe Oliver in Launceston handling that one. That is a beauty. That's worth checking out. Thanks for joining us, mate. What's uh, on your weekend apart from um, your 20-H1 attorney? Hope the weather clears up so yes. I can uh, play some good golf tomorrow afternoon. Um, it's just a great time to be alive. I love talking to all those guests today, Froggy awesome. and Chris and Elise and talking basketball. There's a lot to like about uh, sport in Tasmania at the moment, Flash. There is. Jack Jumpers, of course, playing tomorrow night. They're away to New Zealand. They're back on Sunday. We'll have the call against Aaron Baines. And the Brisbane Bullets from 1.30 on Sunday. Great to have you coming, AJ. Great to have you again here, mate. And coming up will be the captain's run with Jules DeStoop. Catch you next week. Happy Friday. Magic.